Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. Robert, along with my trusty sidekick, R.G. Seal. Welcome to the Rockets-Jazz Game 2 postgame show. It's almost been too easy. The Rockets follow a 32-point win with a 20-point victory. They take a 2-0 lead in the series. And James Harden throws up his third career playoff triple-double. 32 points, 13 rebounds. 10 assists and man I'm not gonna lie RG this was an ugly game reminded me of nothing like a playoff game really it looked like the Knicks had snuck into the playoffs wearing the Jazz jerseys hey who'd have thought after two games for each series with the Los Angeles Clippers and the Golden State Warriors and the Houston Rockets and the Utah Jazz who would have the 2-0 lead and who would be tied at 1-1 who would have predicted that it would be the Rockets up 2-0 the Jazz tied 1-1 so, hey, take wins any way that you can get them. Right. We're going to talk about that other series in just a little bit because there's things happening over there. It's actually much more exciting over there than it is with the Rockets and the Jazz at this point. But, RG, the Jazz shooting was atrocious. They were 8 for 38 from 3 after going 7 for 27 in Game 1. Joe Ingles shot 45.8% from 3 against the Rockets in four regular season games. He was 1 for 6 in Game 2. He's stunk in the series. It just doesn't look like Utah RG knows where guys are even supposed to be on offense at times. The Rockets, you know, they stick to their identity. Everybody knows where to go. The Jazz do not. Well, they're having a tough time against the Rockets and credit the Rockets with uh, their defensive intensity the first couple of games of the series, even though they have been leaving some wide open looks for some of the shooters. Uh, like you mentioned, Joe Ingles uh, missing wide open jumpers, uh, Donovan Mitchell missing wide open jumpers, and, and they just haven't been able to get things going. But again, the Rockets put such pressure on the offensive end as well in the way that they're able to when they're shooting well. I mean, face when the Rockets are shooting three pointers, like what they did tonight where they had 40.5%, 17 out of 42 from three point range. And, and like you mentioned with the Jazz, they were 8 of 38, 21.1%. You know, their their game is not to shoot as many three-pointers as the Rockets. Their, their game is to keep the Rockets kind of under control, shooting below uh, their average as far as for three-pointers. When the Rockets, if they shoot 15 three-pointers in a game, I mean, if they make 15 three-pointers, they're always going to be shooting more than that. But they make 15 three-pointers, I mean, they're almost invincible. I mean, it's it's when they have their, their three-point shots going. So, again, it's two games. The Rockets come out with the two wins that they should have, but uh, they've got to go to Utah, and they've got to take one at least one up there and hopefully close it out in five because – I mean, if they let the Jazz, even the series, get some momentum going, uh, that that could be worst-case scenario where it goes six or seven games. I was really impressed with what James Harden said in the post-game show. He was all business. You know, he's talking about, hey, look, uh, this series is just getting started. When you go to the other team's home court and they got that advantage, that's a big deal. And, and uh, we got to really ratchet it up. And, and he talked about... Defense. That's all he wanted to talk about in the post game show. And he talked about the fact that they turned the ball over too much. So James is James is locked in. We knew Chris Paul. You know he's always going to be locked in. But James is locked in. I, I was impressed with what he said in the post game, and you know just the way uh, he's been locked in to start games specifically. Now third quarter, we can go back to that. But the start games, RG. That's where you kind of stick your foot on the other team's neck and you hold them down because it's really hard to play catch up in a regular season game it's even harder 
when it's the playoffs and you're down 15 or 20 points early in the you know second quarter like the Rockets have been doing to the Jazz in this series. I just want to get back to what you said about James Harden talking about defense. Defense, that's basically, I mean, again, that's what uh, he's right. I mean, the series, it's just getting started because when you go to the opponent's uh, home court and they go, uh, Rockets go to Utah, I mean, they're going to have to ratchet up the defensive intensity. They're going to have to play really strong, tight defense up there because the Jazz, they're going home. They're going to be energized by their crowd. They're, they're going to be able to get some of the shots that they want. So the Rockets are going to have to withstand that. They're going to have to come out, play a, a really good defensive game, and then hit their three-pointers. That's their that's their game, too, uh, when they ha- get the open looks. And so uh, James Harden, though, getting back to what you know he's been able to do this series so far, I mean, he's looked like a superstar, triple-double, 32 points. Uh, 13 rebounds, 10 assists. He got that last assist on the the Magic Johnson throw the ball with, uh, you know, not even looking. So he had that one at the, to kind of punctuate his triple-double performance. But he's he's had a sensational first two games so far. So that's what you need. You need to have your, your star player upping it in the postseason. And it's hard to up what he was doing during the regular season with the MVP caliber performance. But again, uh, yeah. Going to Utah now, the series takes a turn. Let's see if the Rockets can keep the chokehold going. So you're saying, James Harden, you you think maybe somebody else has gotten in his body. This is like a Freaky Friday situation or a quantum leap or something like that. I don't know. Give me a modern reference. I've only got the old ones, RG. You know me. Yeah, but yeah, I mean that—that's that, uh, I mean that—that's good, definite thing because you, you just don't think of like the first words out of James Harden's mouth are going to be in a post game after you know you crush a team a couple you know times in a row and and they're putting up you know one twenty spots on them or whatever one fifteen one ten whatever. But that was fun to see. And you you talking about the three point shot when PJ Tucker hits threes and Eric Gordon's hitting threes. The Rockets are really good. Eric Gordon, six for 13 in the series. His point totals, point totals, not huge, but he's picking his spots. He's played great uh, on both ends of the floor, actually, especially his defense on Donovan Mitchell. And if you missed it, I mean, Mitchell was five for 19 for just 11 points in game two. The Rockets just being able to hold him in check. And when you do that, I mean, it just seems like there's nobody else on the Jazz that can beat you. I mean, RG, Ricky Rubio... Look, I mean, everybody thought that guy coming into the NBA, he was going to, you know, be fun to watch and change the game with his passing and everything like that. I just can't understand after playing basketball your whole life and being a point guard pretty much your whole life that you, you, you haven't learned to shoot the basketball yet. And, and when he shoots the ball, you know, I, I have fear for the backboard. Some, something might get hurt up there. Hey, well, there's some guys that uh, Jason Kidd was never a sensational shooter, was he? Kind of like got better as his career went on. I mean, there's certain there's certain point guards out there that you know they they struggle from at least beyond the arc and being a shooter. But you're right. I mean, that's what uh, the NBA. You you've got to learn how to shoot the ball. You've got to be able to be a better better shooter. Uh, and if not, and you you better bring it with all the other things. You better be a top notch defender. You better be able to penetrate and dish off assists and create offense for your teammates. You you better do all those other things, be a very versatile player. But yeah, I mean, his shooting, it hasn't been able to 
catapult him. That's why he's not a superstar. That's why he's not the star that everybody thought he would be coming in the NBA. He's a, definitely a good player. He's a solid part of the Utah rotation, and he does add value to teams, and anybody would have them in their rotation, you know, an eight-man, nine-man rotation, but he's not a superstar. I don't think Daryl Morey would have him in his rotation, not somebody that shoots like that. He, do, he doesn't really he's – not, he's not very good defensively in this series, RG. I mean, you know, nobody's going to stop James Harden, but – you know, he's like a turnstile. Yeah, nobody's going to stop James Harden. You just said it right there. So, I mean, if you're trying to grow James Harden, I mean, I mean, look at what James Harden did. Like, basically bouncing out like a pinball and, you know, throwing up and it goes against the backboard into the, the hoop in the first half. Or even Akeem Olajuwon stood up out of his seat and, you know, raised his hands. Like, how did he do that? Chris Paul, 17 points, three assists. But what's really impressed me is his energy level his tenacious defense. I mean, you know, he's getting down on the floor with, you know, a 25 point lead and stealing the ball with three Utah jazz players around the ball in the backcourt, calling a timeout. It it looks like he reminds me of somebody that is like, Hey, I'm old. Let's get this series over with. I don't, I I can't be playing these five, six, seven game series. If we could sweep them, let, let, you know, sweep the leg, you know, go back to karate kid, sweep the leg, man. (laughs) Well, you've got all the 80s references here tonight. I hope you're not going to bring up like a Weekend at Bernie's reference, by the way. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know if it's been 80s because Freaky Friday, I think, was a 70s movie and Quantum Leap is 90s. Well, I thought they did that. Well, then they also did the uh, the Freaky Friday Lindsay Lohan remake, right? Yeah, that uh, wasn't 80s, though. That was That's probably within the last 15 or 20 years, right? Uh, maybe late 90s or something. Well, anyway, you are Mr. 80s, so that's why I was just bringing that up, but... Yeah, Chris Paul's uh, brought a lot of energy to it. CP3, he's he's somebody that we knew coming into the series. What we we had talked about and discussed was that this guy was, you know, he's a superstar. Uh, but throughout the season, he remember early in the season, he had the injuries. He wasn't quite the same Chris Paul. Uh, in fact, you were talking about, is he washed up? Is this the kind of the end of, uh, are we seeing the decline of Chris Paul's career right here? Well, we know if he is healthy, at the second half of the season, he played a lot better. Now in the playoffs, you know, he can come in there. He doesn't have to be the guy, but uh, with James Harden, we know that he's had some playoff black holes in his career. So if there is that game where James Harden's not not bringing it, guess who's there? Talk about a sidekick. Talk about, you know, one and one A. We know that Chris Paul can can deliver that, and he is bringing it. He is saving his energy and and, and for those moments. And so I, I assume that – you know, as the series progresses, when especially in Utah on the road, that's where Chris Paul last season came up with some big plays, decisive baskets. So uh, he still has a, a role to play in this. What will, especially as the Rockets make a hopefully a deeper run into the playoffs. I'm gonna throw something out there that maybe some people might not have noticed, and give my friend over with Locked On Rockets, Ben Dubose, friend of the show, regular guest over here as well, but. Uh, Quietly, you know, as he mentioned, Austin Rivers has mattered in a big way. The Rockets were plus 23 in his 19 minutes in game one. They were plus 21 in his 21 minutes in game two. I mean, RG, you know, he's making a difference. I I don't know if I see it as much offensively, but he has drawn some fouls. He's picked up some points. He's done some things offensively for sure. But his tenaciousness on defense, and he stays in front of his guy, and he makes it really hard for you to score on him. He, he doesn't let anybody get off an easy shot if he's guarding them. And he, he also seems to be very good at rotating and finding a guy. And I think that 
that's really the reason why they're so good with Austin Rivers on the floor. Yeah, we were talking about before the playoffs started, like how the rotation would be and mentioned putting uh, Austin Rivers in there. And that's why, because of his defensive presence, his defensive intensity, he's able to switch, like you said, move around. And that's going to be not not only key for this Utah series, but the Rockets advance. I mean, I know that the Clippers have tied the series, but we're expecting it to be the Golden State Warriors and the Rockets. They're going to need him to come in there and, you know, switching off on Steph Curry, on, you know, Clay Thompson, being able to be kind of that guy that can can help defensively against all of Golden State's great shooters. And so, you know, that's not only this series getting him primed up for, for, for this and playing well, Austin Rivers coming off the bench, but also for the next series. If the Rockets can advance that far, let's not count uh, chickens before they hatch, right? Yeah, it's hard right now. I I know it's 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 hard because it sure looks like a just a d- dominating performance. If you look at the other Rockets, uh, Kenneth Fareed getting 17 minutes, uh, seven points in Game Two. Uh, Daniel House, 21 minutes, eight points. Uh, nobody was really you know anything super, but everybody did their job. And you've got guys unlike last year where it felt like. You know, a lot of times it was just, well, uh, maybe D'Antoni only trusted six, seven guys out there. It seems like he really trusts the guys that are coming off the bench going back to four and five deep. You know, even Shumpert, Scott Time, uh, Gerald Green. You know, Gerald Green, you know, nothing spectacular, but, you know, he he, he did get fouled on the three, picked up a James Harden, uh, you know, uh, three points where he gets fouled on a three and hits his three three free throws, but... Um, the Rockets, it's, it's, you know, the typical, it's James Harden, it's Chris Paul, uh, Clint Capella, nothing spectacular on the, on numbers, but he's just fighting and, and he's making it really difficult for Gobert to get easy rebounds and easy putbacks and that kind of thing. He's, you know, just gets seven points, 10 rebounds, but you still feel like he's been such a presence and, uh, you know, so the Rockets are getting, uh, you know, what they need to get from the guys they need to get it. But I mean, is there anything that concerns you going into this one, except, Maybe just them letting up on the gas. I mean, I still, I still want to see this team at the beginning of the third quarter. And let me forget about the team. Forget the other four guys on the court. James Harden, for whatever reason, the first few minutes of the third, of third quarters, he just doesn't seem locked in. He doesn't seem like he's ready to go. He comes out of the locker room in a haze, in a daze. I don't know what, what what's going on if he takes a sedative at halftime. But I, I want to see... I you're going to give a Cheech and Chong up in smoke or something reference there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Cheech and Chong, again, that's, that might be going further back than that. But yeah, it's, it, I, I mean, are you seeing the same thing? Does it, is it just me that Harden, like coming out for third quarters, the first few minutes, it's the same story every single, I mean, this is throughout the regular season. We're in the playoffs. It's the same issue with him. I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. You know, today I'm not going to get on James Harden when he just had a triple double and basically, you know, they didn't surrender the lead or it didn't come down to like four or five points in the third quarter. I mean, they pretty much kept the, you know, the chokehold throughout the whole game. They were pretty much up by 20 points or more. Uh, of course, it's half. not about today, but I'm just talking about getting into good habits because you got Golden State coming up next and, and they're great in third quarters, you know. But I mean, the main thing is it's a team game and. You know, let's see, like, I mean, tonight was we're not a really, I mean, when you're already up, you know, what, 26 points at the half, was it? Uh, you know, so you come out of the third quarter and it gets down to 20 or 18 and, oh, wow, my gosh. I mean, it's, 
again, if it had gone down to 12 or 10 points, if it's a game in the fourth quarter, we, I'd be more alarmed about the third quarter. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. You're right. In the playoffs, you can't lose 31-point leads. That never happens. I think happens. it's more what you said earlier, though. I think it's just they need to take this type of intensity to Utah. Do not let up. It's what James Harden said. Play good defense. Or, you know, great defense. Think about that. Because in the postseason, it's about every possession. It's about playing great defensively. The great defensive teams win. Because we know the Rockets, they have enough offensive weapons that they can find ways to score against teams. I'm not worried about that. I'm more still always worried about their defense. So I, I think that's the big thing. And now that they're going to a, uh, Utah's a tough place to play. We know that over the year. You played that the other night when Jim Foley and Gene Peterson were having that uh, basically of heart attacks at the mic with at the end of the, the game right there. Right. Remember from the Utah Jazz 25 was it, you know, 25 years ago. Start the clock. Start, start the, the clock. clock. You know, so, I mean, that's a building. I mean, Utah, that city, those fans, it's going to be tough. It's going to be raucous. They're going to want to get the Jazz back in this series. So, I mean, again, the Rockets are going to have to take that workmanlike, you know, attitude that they had in, in the first two games of this series, bring it up to you and close this out as quickly as possible. And I want to also get back to about your rotation there and what you said, uh, too. And to, to me, as far as like, yeah, you're right. The, the five guys are going to play the main ones. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be Harden and CP3 and Clint Capella, PJ Tucker and Eric Gordon. Those guys are going to see the majority of minutes on the floor. And then off the bench, like you've mentioned, Kenneth Freed and Austin Rivers. I, I think with though with with Gerald Green, he's somebody, you know, the first two games, you know, again, the, the Rockets have been hitting their threes. They've been able to score. He's a guy that maybe you you, you look at situationally because Daniel, uh, Daniel, I forgot about Daniel House coming off the bench, too. I'm looking at those eight as as kind of the stalwarts uh, of the rotation. But like, where do you use a Gerald Green? Where do you use an Iman Shumpert? And I think that's where, like a Gerald Green, is a, if you're struggling from the three-point line, if Eric Gordon doesn't have it, or P.J. Tucker doesn't have it, something where they need to get that offense, then that's where Gerald Green will come in. And, and he's, we know, a very good offensive player. They need to have more of a defensive fix. Maybe that's where you put in a few minutes for Yvonne Shumpert. But, I, you know, again, that's like it's going to be game to game, but it's basically essentially going to be those eight guys. And, and I guess we can't forget about Nene either. There might be those times when somebody gets into foul trouble, uh, one of the big men like Clint Capella or Kenneth Freed, and then you got to throw Nene in there. So, I mean, it's much deeper that what I agree with you, though, in years past with Mike D'Antoni, it's really he's only gone like seven guys, maybe eight. And I mean, even a couple of those guys off the bench who were like, ah, I, you know, why is he even going? You know, they're not really performing all that well. So, I mean, it, it really does seem the Rockets have a deep team this year and, and guys that can actually contribute coming off the bench. Want to hit on uh, those other games we made reference to the, of course, the Golden State uh, series. But uh, first, just uh, remind everybody if you'd like to meet me in person, if you'd like to go out to the best sports fan expo in Houston, uh, it's the last weekend in April, just around the corner, a week from uh, this this week, this coming weekend. I'll be out at George R. Brown the 27th, maybe the 28th, uh, but for sure that that Saturday, don't miss it because it's the sports. Uh, it's not only the sports biggest in Houston but it's the it's the uh you know I think it's the best fan expo and then you can meet you know there's gonna be everybody there you know Deshaun Altuve Bregman Springer Correa uh everybody from Warren Moon and Lorenzo White to ex-Oilers to Drew Brees and Marcus Allen uh so you you got all sorts of uh cool stuff and free entertainment for the kids bounce houses in a mini soccer stadium and a 
MMA cage, all kinds of cool stuff uh, for everybody that, uh, you know, the whole family there. But RG, uh, let's get to this uh, uh, Clippers series because Golden State, you know, not only do they blow the 31 point lead, but they lose Boogie Cousins. How, How big is that? I mean, is that good for the Rockets or bad for the Rockets? I mean, Cousins had that one big game where I feel like he carried Golden State against the Rockets this year, but you also felt like uh, they were playing the style of ball but that maybe the Rockets could, uh, you know, could do things with when he when he's on the court. Whereas when when you've got all those shooters out there, it's a lot harder. It seems like for the Rockets to defend that team than it is maybe for a boogie led team. Although he he could really eat up uh, Clint Capella in the post. Well, correct me, did he play? Did Clint Capella play in that game that Bo- Boogie Cousins had the big game? Oh yeah, he killed him. He killed him in that. Because yeah, I, I I kind of well. Uh, it was it was it was a different type of game in that one, but yeah, I look as far as De- Demarcus Cousins or Boogie Cousins. I mean, it's a it, it is a loss for them. Look, I mean, he's one of the best post players in the NBA when he is healthy and available. So as far as for the Rockets matchup, again, like again, it's it just kind of situationally there. A lot of times, the Rockets have more problems with the Golden State smaller lineup. And 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 look, what does Golden State usually put on against the Rockets? It's it's generally the starting five of you know K, Steph, KD, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, and Iguodala. Iguodala was out last year, and a lot of oh my gosh, that's why the Rockets were able to take it to seven games. Well, I mean that's a a team that's beaten the or, or a squad with that rotation that's given the Rockets fits. So, is it you know something having not having. DeMarcus Cousins there could it affect the Rockets series I don't know about that but I think if the Golden State moves forward you see teams you know that have size like Toronto with Gasol and and Siakam you know stuff like that or or even you know they have Ibaka you know you have these big big guys in there wait, wait you've got them getting past the Rockets already like what's going well, I'm on just saying they were to get to the finals and or to do that or the Eastern you were asking about Golden State and her and with that you know DeMarcus Cousins but I'm just saying certain matchups certain teams especially in the Eastern Conference if they have to go up against Joel and Embiid without uh, DeMarcus Cousins if the Philadelphia 76ers are there and Embiid's playing and, and in there I mean the guy I mean, that's that's a matchup problem, because remember, previous Golden State championship, even last year, they had JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee is a very good center, you know, a guy who can come off and help. And I, do- I don't think they're totally helpless. I think you're forgetting that they've got Andrew Bogut. And and, and that's one thing that that bothers me when when the Rockets uh, play Golden State, because, you know, Bogut. He's one of those guys that he's always got those illegal screens and you know all he'll he'll do stuff where give a guy an elbow or something when Are you he, when nobody's looking. This was a guy that's been out of the NBA and I mean if you're expecting him to come in and be a dominant force, I mean come on. I, I look, I had a great career, former number one overall. No, no pick. but you're talking about uh, matchups and and I I think if they face like one of these big centers that you're talking about out east that. You know, Bogut can still bang in there. I, the, some of the other things that he probably can't do, but the guy's still big and he's still seven feet. And I, I'm sure he can still play some defense. I he's think it, not the quality. Like when you're talking about going up against a Gasol and Embiid, those type of no Andrew Bogut. I mean, the guy's out of the NBA. I mean, he was cut. He was designated. I mean, he, basically nobody. The, the Golden State got him off the scrap heap. I mean, I, but I think that isn't that more a, a, about the NBA and how it's changed partially. But I mean, he still has. If he could, if he could still play. I mean, if he still was like high 
I'm not saying he's that he can't give you some minutes, but they were looking at him as like, okay, could he give us five to ten minutes a game? Now you're talking about if you go into a series against those type of big guys, can he give us twenty to thirty minutes a game? Because now that uh, you know Demarcus Cousins is out of there. That's the difference. And so, I mean, when you're talking about guys for small spurts, you know, a guy that like an Andrew Bogut, yeah, he can come in, he can back up, he can give us some, you know, like you said, some toughness, some style, some rebound defense. Yeah, you can do it for a few minutes each half. Now you're talking about significant minutes if they have to go into a matchup where they need some size. And 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 that's why it's more worrisome for Golden State losing to Marcus. I mean, I know they still have Looney. They still have some guys there, but it's like they – Again, last year they had JaVale McGee when they were winning a, you know, a championship and that that, you know, he still is a very talented center this year for the Los Angeles Lakers. And so now you had to go out and sign Andrew Bogut kind of, you know, at the at the last minute there kind of to to add to the team towards the end of the season. And, uh, you know, I just think that it's going to be if they do face it, it all. We know with the NBA, right? We've known this for a long time. It depends on matchups, correct? So it just depends who your matchup. If you're going up against a team that doesn't have a great front court and doesn't have the size there, well, then they can play small in Golden State. That plays right into their hands. I'm talking about teams that have, you know, a legitimate center there that it can cause problems. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't know why he's out of the NBA. He's 34 years old. I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was just injuries got to him or whatever. But if he's healthy, I would think that he's not a whole lot. It's not like he's 50. I mean, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, RG. Maybe, yeah, he's terrible now. He stinks. He fell off a cliff when he was 32. Well, I'm not saying he's terrible stinks. I'm just saying that De- DeMarcus Cousins, you could put, like we saw him against the Rockets, you could play him 30, 35 minutes a game. The guy could be a dominant force in there. No, 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 no. You couldn't play him 30 or 35 minutes a game because he was still, they still were like limiting his minutes with the injuries and stuff like that. I don't think they, tr- I don't know if they wanted to stick him out there for that long. No, I, well, okay, 20, 25 whatever you could play him a good couple of quarters and he would he's a, a very strong at least offensive presence can give you that low post presence and now you're going with you know Andrew Bogut who is basically I th- he look he's at the tail end of his career can give you a few minutes in a game I'm just saying as far as like great performance or something you can expect over you know 20 to 25 minutes like you might have been able to get from DeMarcus Cousins you're not gonna be able to get so I think that it weakens them. It hurts the Golden State Warriors. But in a matchup with the Rockets, I guess getting back to what I don't know because of the – I mean the Rockets' strength. I mean I know they picked up Kenneth Freed and, of course, they have Clint Capella. But they also you know, are in, they're not, not a great team with size in the front court. Funny thing happened on the way to the Golden State Warriors uh, sweeping the uh, Clippers, uh, as we you, you referred to earlier, RG. They, they blow the 31-point lead, so the series tied – at one, I think the thing that made me laugh the most is back on Sunday, Steph Curry put out a tweet that said right after the Tiger Woods uh, deal, he said greatest comeback in history. And then Cleveland Cavaliers fans started tweeting him about uh, <laughs> they kind of responded to that. Oh, hey, do you remember a couple of years ago when you guys were up three to one? And the funny thing is, uh, a couple of days later, uh, that that tweet was then regrabbed <laughs> after the Clippers <laughs> come back from thirty-one down. So that that I that, think the I think the most another remarkable thing is that the you know they always have that percentage of winning. The Clips in the middle of the, or it was about seven minutes left when they were down thirty-one. They had a point 
0.01% chance of winning. So if you were in Las Vegas and just like, hey, I want to throw it down on the Clippers right now, and those kind of odds, yeah. Uh, would have been uh, pretty astronomical pulling off that, you know, record setting coming back against Golden State in their building, too. Let's not forget that was at home that Golden State blew that lead. And you have to just credit that there are a couple of former Rockets on there or a few former Rockets, Pat Beverly, Montrose Harrell, uh, and then Lou Williams. I mean, you have all these guys that are ex-Rockets, so it also makes it, you know, seeing the Rockets want to see that series go, you know, at least. Now it's going to go five games. That's much better than what everybody thought initially. It's going to be a four-game sweep. I mean, I remember Zach Lowe even talking about you listen to his podcast. Uh, well, do you think they can even make it competitive for more than a half in that game, with meaning the Clippers? So the fact that they're even taking it to five games is almost like, you know, they it's for a lot of people, that's like climbing Mount, uh, you know, Everest there. You know, it's you know, they've already done something that nobody thought that they could do. Right. So, yeah, Zach said that, uh, you know, he fell asleep. I I think he thought the game was probably over. I mean, he, he recorded it and he woke up and found out what was going on. He probably got a bunch of probably checked his phone when he got up and it was like, Oh my God. And then he started watching. Well, That's how I did. I went to, I, I had no idea that that happened. I was like, I saw the Clippers losing by a lot to the Golden State Warriors. It's like, why do I even want to watch? I went and, you know, did something else and got up the next day. And I just saw Twitter with like Clippers, Clippers, Clippers. I was like, what? They beat Golden State? You got to be kidding me. So I, I didn't even see it. Yeah, the other series, Toronto got the train back on the tracks. And we'll see if they can uh, keep doing it against uh, Orlando. Orlando can at least maybe grab another game at home. They're coming up. Uh, Brooklyn and Philly. Philly got it going again, but really, uh, to me, th- this game, this series is still going to be a battle, and, and it could go six or seven games. I, I-, I think this one's going to go maybe a little bit more back and forth, although the first uh, two games, uh, well, the the second game wasn't that close with Philly, but uh, Embiid did look a little bit, you know, he looked a little bit more spry in that game, but RG, the the other series that's starting to interest me is uh, Oklahoma City, who everybody just was like, this team's going to be the best competition for the Rockets and Golden State and the playoffs. And now now Paul George, I, I don't even – maybe he can barely lift his shoulder. I don't know. His, that injury has basically derailed their whole season. He went from, you know, nearly being in the MVP conversation at one point in the year to, you know, them falling to the eight seed, you know, or seven seed or whatever. Not, now they're – Look like that, you know. Portland is handling them without Nurkic, and and they can't they can't shoot at all because Paul George, their best three point shooter, and as bad as Utah's been, I think Oklahoma City's three point percentage in the, in the two games has been even worse. So Portland has a real shot against a Denver team, either a Denver team without experience or maybe the Spurs get through, but they they do have a real shot even without Nurkic to to get to the Western Conference Finals. It's crazy. The other side of that bracket on the West is just like, I, I don't even, I don't know who to put money on, but I guess it's Portland right now. I put my money on of those four teams. Yeah, I mean, and I guess that's why, again, like the Rockets, it was disappointing not to get that number two seed. You know, but I mean, you just never know with matchups again in the NBA, but uh, the, even a two or three, because it, you wanted to avoid the uh, the Golden State Warriors until the Western Conference Finals. That's not going to happen. If they win, they're going to play them in the semifinals. But yeah, I mean that. I think that Oklahoma City series has surprised everybody, at least because they people thought that it it would probably go, and it still might go uh, six or seven games. 
Oklahoma City's going back home. They're just like like Utah having lost the first two games to the Rockets going back home. Now Oklahoma City having lost to the Blazers. You, you have to think that, I mean, Russell Westbrook has not played well. And then, you like you mentioned, uh, Paul George looks to be fighting the, that shoulder injury still affecting his game. Uh, you know, it's gut check time for Oklahoma City because they've had these uh, early playoff exits. And, and you know, since Kevin Durant left, of course, and, you know, many years ago, James Harden when they were in the finals. But, you know, it's been Russell Westbrook's team and he's been, you know, first round and exit, even adding Paul George here. So, I mean, it's big for them to try and get out of the first round. And so, yeah, everybody thought that they would be a they'd be the toughest opponent besides the Rockets for Golden State. And now it looks like Portland, like I feel like whoever wins the Portland, Oklahoma City series is going to end up in the Western Conference finals. Yeah, no, I, it seems like that that's going to be the case, although maybe Denver uh, will figure it out because they, they have a lot of talent. And Jamal Murray all of a sudden looked like Michael Jordan in the fourth quarter of game two. So we're going to see if, if that uh, keeps up and may, maybe he's finally figured it out and got out of his slump because he looked terrible the first seven quarters. And they need him. They need him uh, with Jokic to to really uh, beat the Spurs. But, you know, Denver's got talent. They've got some young players that can do some things. It's just a matter of getting that playoff experience. And maybe once you win one series, you gain that confidence. You figure out, you figure out, you know, what you're supposed to do. Was there anything else that from the playoffs or from the NBA this past few days that you want to throw out there before we wrap it up? Uh, not right now. Just that it, hopefully the, the Rockets can continue to take care of business. And uh, it would be nice to be have this series over in, in four games and rest up for the Golden State Warriors, who I still think will ultimately win that series against the Clippers. Because, again, we know with the Rockets, they have some older players on the roster. They have some injury-prone players on the roster. So anytime that you can rest up, you don't want to play the extra games. The good games five, six, seven, even the Warriors – I mean, they have to be kicking themselves for losing that game because it's a, it's another game where you could potentially be out there and something can happen. I mean, they saw that happen with the quad injury, like you mentioned, to DeMarcus uh, Cousins. Looks like his season is over. So you have those type of things that happen when you extend a series six or seven games. So, I mean, yeah, the quicker the Rockets can can get into Utah, I don't know if they'll sweep them, but at least if they can take one from Utah and then close it out in five, that would kind of be ideal. And then prepare, get rested, and, and get ready for what will probably be the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, let's uh, go ahead. If you win game three, it's one of those things where it's almost impossible to come back then. So, I mean, the Rockets could just make their life a whole lot easier with this next game uh, as much as anything. But uh, if you look at, you know, the history, usually teams come out in game three at home and they're playing a lot better with the crowd behind them. And, and you know, it just it's usually a different team. We'll see. But this Jazz team, they just look off. I, I don't get it. But, uh, I, you know, who, who knows? I, I don't know what's going on with that team. It just it, something doesn't look right. And I, I, I don't know what it is. I, I guess they're trying hard and they just can't figure it out or it's a bad matchup. But so far, so good for the Rockets. I mean, some of it's just the Rockets also like with, you know, hey, when Joe Engels is wide open. I mean, we've seen him in the past. He's been a Rockets killer. He makes those shots. And you're like, gosh, how did you leave him open? And even Mike D'Antoni said, don't leave Joe Ingles open. Uh, then you uh, have like, uh, you know, Donovan Mitchell, who looks in a complete funk. He's one of the best players in the NBA. You know, he's Utah's best player. And he's 11 points, like you said, not playing well. The Kyle Korver, 
because of that injury towards the end of the season. He's not even really a factor. He's a good three-point shooter. So where are they getting offense from? Well, Royce O'Neal was able to maybe throw up you know a few shots there. He gives you good, great defense, of course. But like you were talking about the other show, you know, you got Jay Crowder in there who really can't shoot three-pointers. Uh, you know, you got Derek Favors in there. You know, he's not going to be shooting three-pointers. Uh, you have Rudy Gobert. He's a post player. So then it, you, Ricky Rubio can't shoot. So where are you getting your offense from? And see, that's where the Rockets, if they, if they just can keep Utah, they're going to get to be able to score. So, you know, it's it's kind of partially some of the injuries and partially the some of their better players who can shoot from the outside being in a funk. And let's hope it stays that way and the Rockets can just close the Utah Jazz out and move on to the next round. In case you missed it, the Astros are gaining a global following. Uh, it's unbelievable, but it, it's true. And in the last podcast, I talked with Steve Joinson. Great conversation. He's from Manchester, England. He picked the worst time in history for the Astros organization to join the fan club and jump on board. We asked him how and why he fell in love with the Astros and if baseball is becoming a thing in England at all. So, uh, go check that out. Also, uh, just a reminder that uh, we're going to keep bringing you stuff uh, three, four times a week. So tell your friends, uh, tell your uh, acquaintances, share our stuff on Twitter or Facebook or wherever you are on social media. But, hey, it's a happy final for the Rockets, 118 to 98. Astros doing pretty darn good themselves these days, and we're going we're gonna to get to them in the not-too-distant future. But, uh, the Rockets go up two games to nothing, looking for game three. We're going to keep bringing you stuff with the Rockets and the Astros and everything that's going on. And uh, Texans even made some news this week, too. We're going to get to that uh, in future shows. So stay tuned. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening. Hey there, listener. Are you a fan of Houston Cougar Athletics? Well, Sam and I have got the perfect podcast for you. It's the Scott and Holman Podcast. Yeah, we're talking all things Houston Cougars, in-season, off-season, recruiting, on-field results. If it's Houston Cougars, we're talking about it. So search Scott and Holman Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.